Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay Hills, over there in the six. How you doing, my dog? Doing great. Got a good guest on today. We're excited to speak to him, ask him a few questions. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Jay, you know, man, like I, I get up and I get excited for every single episode, man. There's no episode that I'm not, I'm not excited for. But this one right here, Jay, this is a special episode, man, because not only is this our first interview with a G League player, man, but we are all we're also honored to be around uh, the universe, a legend at the University of Montana, man, uh, just has so many accolades and done so many things, man. So Saeed Preacher, we are, we are very happy to have you on the show, man. How you doing, man? Doing well, bro. Doing really well, man. Just taking day by day, but I'm doing good. Man, that's what that that's what's up, man. We well, we're we're happy to have you on the show, and we're, and uh, like we were talking about a little bit uh, off camera before, uh, we're just gonna you know talk talk to some things about uh, Saeed and his and his hoop career, man. So you guys ready to get into that? Sure. Let's do it, man. So Saeed, the first question that we like to ask all of our uh, everyone that we interview here is. Who was the first person to put the ball in your hands, and at what age was that? Um, I would say my AAU coach when I was a kid, uh, Melvin Landry. He uh, connected with me. Him and my dad were good friends as, uh, before I was born, and uh, he started, he was one of the founders of the Oakland Rebels, and uh, he put me in the youth program, and ever since then, I ran with it. So was so was that like what? So when you said that's when you started ball, but when was like the first time like you knew like okay, this is for me. This is someone something I want to do professionally. Like moving on because obviously you're a professional now. So when was it like man, this is something like I love ball. It's mixed for me. Um, at a young age, at a young age, I already knew I was pretty good because I was so much bigger than everyone. So I didn't play with my age group. I was always playing with the older kids. So I kind of knew it then. And then as I got older, around like middle school. I was playing basketball and baseball at the same time. And uh, I kept getting hit by the ball and baseball. Cause, and I was just like, you know what? Like, bro, I'm I'm done with this, bro. Like, I, I'm not about to keep getting, taking these pitches to the ankle or like the elbow and everything. And I've just been taking basketball series ever since then. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, so, and then, so, so, you know, we, we see that you picked up basketball at an early age. So let's just fa- fast forward to your high school days. You know, you attend uh, El Cerrito High School, man. And talk to us a little bit about, you know, how, how was high school basketball? Did you enjoy your high school basketball experience? No, I definitely did. I, I really was like, I was, in the beginning of the high school, I was trying to go to uh, McClyman's. And my parents was like, uh, no, nah, you're going to El Cerrito. And I've never even heard of that. I don't even know where that's at. So like, at first, I was kind of like thrown off, and I, I really kind of was like trying to just be, do stuff so I didn't have to go there, like do not do my homework, just not like just doing anything. So my parents came back to the OAL, and they was like, "Nah, like you gonna stick it out here." So I made the best of it and enjoyed enjoyed my process of being there and my peers, and I ran with it and I did the best I could there. For okay, sure, for sure. Yeah. So you talked about just a little bit more about your high school career. So. You, you say that you are like always kind of bigger than everyone like growing up, but in high school, were you like, were you right on the scene, like dominating folks or were you just, was it kind of a slower process, like late bloomer type of action? I wouldn't say I was, I wouldn't say I was like dominating, but I was having some, some, some success. Uh, it was majority was in practice because in the beginning of my freshman year, I was ineligible. Like I said, I wasn't really doing my work because I wanted to be, my family to send me back to OAL, my friends and everything is that. So I had to sit out the first, first couple of games because I was ineligible. But when I came back, I, was, I got right to the groove. I was playing well. And then I feel like me saying, me being dominant started my sophomore year. But 
as a freshman, I, I came in pretty confident and doing well. Okay, all right, and then and then you know uh, after you know you started playing and you started going to uh, you know a bunch of these the different schools and all that. If you could remember, I know you know it's been a minute since we were on high school, man. But like, who was your toughest toughest matchup? You know, toughest guard that you had to face out there on on in while you were in high school? Uh, I would say my toughest guard would have been my teammate Kevin Warren at St. Mary's High School. Like, I don't know what it was like. We whenever we played them, like. I think he just knew, like, against us, he had to go crazy. Like, he always had at least 30 against us every time. It was just like, damn, like, we're, 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 we always, we beat him every time, but it was just like, bro, you're going to, he, he put up a hard fight every time. Kevin Warren, for sure. Okay, okay. That, it's always cool hearing about, like, a t- tough matchup. And then, like, you, you know, talked about that being a tough matchup, but what was, like, a time or, like, a, re- a moment you relive, relive in high school, like, a tough matchup like where you went off you dropped like 30 i don't know what we'll, we'll talk about that that like sticks out to your memory from that uh i would say any of any of uh like the el cerrito versus legion games like those are always like we were all the two two teams going into the championship in league or i would say uh like in, in a ncs playoffs we will always play bitch while down the first two years so either one of those games it was always like a big game to show up to and i always made sure i did my best and i showed up and showed out okay okay all right. And so, so, you know, so, you know, say, you know, by, by your senior year, you end up being ranked fifth in NorCal, man. So, you know, c- first of all, c- before you even continue, congratulations on that. As, as that, that's a, that, then that's a big achievement, man. So talk to us a little bit about uh, why you chose the university of Montana and did you have any other offers at the time? If so, like, if you don't mind disclosing them, let's talk about them. Um, yeah, I had a bunch of offers at that time, but like I said to you guys in the past, I mean, in the, in the beginning of the episode, I uh, was was lacking in class, like I said, I'd be a knucklehead, like chasing girls, like just doing whatever I can do so my parents can yeah. get me out of us Rito so I can go back to Oakland school. So a lot of the schools were like, were like, he has the talent, he has the skill, but like his grades, his grades, his grades. But Montana was one of was the only school who like was still who still believed in me whether my grades were there or not. So like when it came down for judgment time to make make a pick a school, like I picked Montana just because of being loyal. They communicated with me so much. They sent more. They sent more mail than any school in the country that was recruiting me. But at the time, I was I was considering Nevada, Montana, Oregon State, and uh, St. Mary's. Okay, okay. So you had you you had a wide variety of, of choices, man. But in all all, all you know all all uh, good Division One schools, man. So you know, like l- let's continue on. Let's go to the next step. You know, when when you get to the University of Montana. Again, you know, congratulations. You you make you playing Division One basketball now. That's not an easy task. Actually, like less than two percent of all high school athletes go on to even play Division One hoop, man. So, you know, that's that that's definitely hats off. Congratulations to you, man. But say, you know, talk to us a little bit about uh, your freshman year. You know, you came out as a, as a true freshman. You played thirty one of the thirty two games. And you started at eleven, man. Talk to us a little bit about uh, about your freshman year and how that was being a true freshman and actually playing. Um. My freshman year, it was a, a bit rocky up and down. Uh, we had a really good team, probably. I won't even say probably. We had the the best team in Grizz history on paper. Like, if you look at everybody's numbers on paper, you would you could tell that that was the most talented team that the Grizz have ever had. I think the problem was, as a freshman, uh, a lot of us, we all was the man before somewhere else in the world, you know? So, like, it took us a long time to click, and it was just too late. So, if I could take it back, though, I would have redshirted just because of us not having too much success, but you know, coming to high college as a freshman and you, like I said, we all were somebody coming into the, our, in our college careers. It's hard to tell a guy who's confident in himself to redshirt. So 
I, re- I just thought that was my only thing I would do to take that back because I could have learned from it. I could have got a lot stronger. My game could have developed. And if you think it would take all my numbers back in one year, they <laughs> that'd be crazy. I'd have been averaging twenty as a as a sophomore in college. So yeah, yeah no. it, it was it was just a little rocky because I said we were losing, but it was I learned a lot from those guys, and it's a great group of guys. No, for sure. Um, so I mean, you you talked about like a little bit about like the struggles coming in, so but like what what was I know coming from the Bay Area, and we asked our guy Mike Stedman, who actually we interviewed. Uh, in the past, like moving from the Bay Area, just like a vibrant, you know, you know, being from the Bay, you just know what it's all about. Moving to Montana, man, like t- talk to me a little bit about that and like how, what kind of struggles did you uh, have to overcome just being in a totally different environment, like culture shock, all that, man. I would say if any if anyone knows me, they know like I, I'm not I'm not I'm not a guy who really needs to like go out a lot or like be around a lot of people. So like I'm. I'm really good with just being in a house with some Wi-Fi, being able to call my girl and my family and play a game all day. So that that really wasn't that hard for me. The hard thing about it was um, just being free, not having your parents always making sure you're doing your homework or like making sure you get up on time. So that would be the struggle. And like, and another thing would be it snowed a lot there, you know. So mm-hmm. like, it snowed when it when it was really really cold those days, just fighting the urge and not going to class or fighting the urge and not getting up the extra shots. I thought like that would be the struggle in my case because, we, like I said, we're from California, we're from the Bay. I don't think 90% of us has ever even been to the snow before. So, yeah. like, when I, when I got there, like, I was really excited. Like, oh, snow, snow. But, like, it's a, it's a grind. Like, your car gets snowed in. Like, you know, it might be sunny while you're in class, you get all this snow. And so, I feel like my struggle would have just been just been the snow and not getting complacent. Man, okay. And and you 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 lived off campus, so you had to drive to, to, to school and all that? Or you lived on campus? My first year I lived on campus, and my, th- my my last three years I uh, I was off campus. Oh man, so that driving was sick, huh? <laughs> in the snow. Nah, it's, it's it's brutal though. Like like or the, just like when we go on road trips, you know, like and you park on the street and like you know they, they got a snow, but they got to plow the road. So when they plow the road, they piling all the snow to the to the to out the out the middle. So they're piling to the right and the left, and the cars are getting snowed in. So then when you come back from a road trip, you gotta shovel your car out. Oh man, that is sick. Yeah, being from the Bay, we we don't we don't know nothing about that. Oh right. <laughs> Facts. All right, man. So so you know, so so then so then we fast forward to your junior year, which you know, some could call your breakout year, man. You know, you you average 15, 15 points per game, four rebounds, two assists, one steal on a ridiculous 60% from the field, man. You're you're named the your three-time Big Sky All Conference Player of the Week. Uh you're you're ranked fifth in the Big Sky Conference for score. Uh, for scoring and second for field goal percentage. So, Sai, you know, my first question to you is, what made you take that jump? Like, w- what happened? Did the game slow down? Did did the seniors leave? Or, like, what was it that made you take this uh, ridiculous jump? Uh, with me, I'm just a guy that always wants to win, so I'm going to do whatever coach needs me to do. And between my sophomore and my junior year, like, coach just needed me to be the be the energy guy, the fire guy. Like, whatever we're not doing, like, I come in there, bring that, like, that bring that energy, whether it's scoring or defending. But – our big fella Jamar Cole, he ended up getting hurt, and he was he was averaging like what well, I was averaging like fifteen with like off shooting like fifty five percent from the field, and um, he ended up getting hurt and he didn't finish the season off, and that was a big piece for us, you know. So like everyone had to step up, like and get a bigger role and he do a lot more for the team, and it was just like shit. I seen the opportunity for me for, for me to showcase my talents to coach and showing that I've been working all summer and during the season, and I just took over from there. Okay. All right. So, so then, so, you know, by, by your junior, you be, you were a, f- a full starter. You had a lot of good games. So, uh, 
same way, same way, you know, Jay Hill asked you that question earlier about, you know, high school, if you could relive one game, one moment. So from, from, uh, from your, from your college days, you know, uh, what would be a game or what would be a moment that you could relive, you know, cause you had a lot of, a lot of great moments, uh, uh, your, your junior year. Uh, my junior year, I definitely would relive my game against Creighton because I had 25 at half and I left for 27. I didn't, I only took two shots in the second half. So I definitely would have relived that game because I could have easily left for like 40. <laughs> oh man, I I, th- I thought you were gonna, you were gonna go with the 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 Weber State game, man, where you where you hit that game winner. You had twenty nine and sixteen, man. Yeah, that, yeah, that is, that's always a good game, but it's just like no, we we always beat them, so it was kind of like <laughs> it's just like that, like you know. And I think the year after that, my senior year, I, I gave those guys like thirty five and twelve. So it was yeah. just like I, not even trying to be like that, but Creighton's a much bigger team, much bigger stage, more people are watching. So it's just like if I could have forty against them guys. I might have got more looks from the NBA. You never know what could have happened. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so so you talked about a little bit about your uh, senior year, averaging 19 a game, seven rebounds, four assists on 51% field, field goal percentage. But so that's you're a, tri- a double-double threat, maybe even a triple-double threat on night to night. But talk about kind of your, your senior year. Um, obviously, you're in a leadership role. You've been for, there for four years um yeah talk about that experience and what that was like for you uh i would say my senior year was my senior year was tough it was a grind it was difficult and i say that because like i said i think the year before my junior year we lost so going into my senior year we lost all the starters from my junior year so that was amaya rory bobby moorhead michael guine jamara co donovan dorsey so that's five seniors that we lose in that year so now a lot of people are shitting on us now like we've been running the league so it's like all right like everybody's thinking like this is our revenge year on them and it's like nah that's not that's not how this shit's going so just just having a lot to prove and you know like i got i got i got picked preseason the mvp it's just like i know it's a big target on my back and i got a lot of young guys so i'd rather them learn the game from me that i didn't get to learn as a as a freshman and you know just coming in there just knowing that i have have to lead these guys and prove to the nba to whoever like i wouldn't i wouldn't really say nba because like it wasn't really my focus until after i was done but like just knowing that i got all this, these things going on i had to juggle it was like, I kind of like what my trainer says, like prove them wrong. Like, it's kind of the mentality I had. Okay, okay. 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 So, so you, uh, I don't know if you know or not, Saeed, but Jay Hill actually over here, he's a college hooper himself as well. You know, he played, uh, he played a, l- a little bit in, in Canada. And I you know I just wanted to ask, you know, from, you know, two college hoopers and like you guys, uh, you know, Jay Hill, you when you when you were a senior, did you feel some of those, you know, same responsibilities to be able to lead your team to be that, you know, that vet on, on the team like how Saeed did? Yeah, for sure. I mean, my my I don't know about Saeed for my senior year in particular, my last year we had a coaching change. So that in itself was like brand new. The coach who recruited me like had left, went to a different school and then we got a brand new coach. So just navigating that, bringing in like a whole new bunch of guys. That was just a different experience. But I don't know, Saeed, you want to talk about yours? Um, Uh, With me, I was the only person that was on the team for four years. We, we played three freshmen that played at least 25 minutes a game. So that's big when you're a freshman. And, you know, they don't know the experience. They're learning the game. They don't know what it is to be in big, big, well, some, some do. Like, we've been in big games in high school, but, like, college and pro is way different. Like, different. You know? So, like, mm-hmm. just just that pressure. And, you know, like, as a freshman, like, when coach is getting on you and you might think he's getting on you in a negative way, but he, that's just how he coaches. It's just, like, just having to be another coach. And, like, not, not want to say, like, a father figure, but, like, a big brother to those guys because they don't they haven't been there before. So, like, when moments get tough, like 
the moments are going good. Like I remember one time as a as my senior year, I had caught a dunk and I like had slapped the glass after I finished and I, I didn't get a tech. And I came, I think my one of my freshmen came down, got a dunk, and slapped the glass right after and he got a tech. And coach was looking, coach was looking at me like, look, bro, like see what you see what you got them guys doing. And then it's like you never know who's watching, right? Kind of, but like just as a senior, you know, like like a big brother to those guys, like put them under your wing and show them the ropes and hope that they do the best. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, that and and now I'm sure you showed all those those, those freshmen how to be, uh, you know, a great a great leader, a great team player, man. And uh, co- correct me if I'm wrong, Saeed, but I believe uh, this unfortunate pandemic, COVID nineteen, actually cut your senior year short. A- am I correct on that? Uh, you're right for sure. So, so, so you know, uh, I know that that could be a hard topic to talk about, but you know, if you if if you're cool, you know, talking about it. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about, you know, how 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 you felt, you know, how you still feel. Like, do you feel like, you know, you got some unfinished business? How where were you when you got the news? Like, just how how was it? You know, because that's something that not a lot of people have dealt with. Yeah, that, that was tough. And I'll, I'll tell you why it was tough is because uh, our last four games we had, we only had to win two to seal the seal the, the, uh, the championship for the, for the conference. And we, we only won one out of three. So that way, with, with losing that, we didn't outright win the conference. So like, boom, okay, that hurt. So then going into the going into the champion, I mean, into the uh, going into our our playoffs, I didn't get MVP of the season either. They gave MVP to uh, a guy, Eastern Washington. So I was just like, I really was pissed. And then now going to playoffs, we're about to start our league, our league championships and league playoffs. We uh we're watching on the TV, but as we walk out to go to our gym, they, uh I can't remember what game they had. Their game got canceled because of the COVID. So like we're still going to our game though. We're about to about to go play, and as soon as we walk on the court, like going to walk on the court, the lady was like, "Come back, come back, come back!" Like uh, tournament's canceled. Wow. So like for me, like I, I, I it didn't really hit me. Like I was laughing and joking and shit with my teammates, and I was just like, "All right, like we'll be we'll be we'll come back later and play, I guess, whatever, or tomorrow." So our coach was just, he came to the bus and he's talking to us and he was just like, um, we're going to get tested and everything. And then that ended up not happening. But I'm like, it's, it still hasn't clicked with me or registered. And I'm like, my teammates are crying and shit. And I'm just like, I'm like, we good. And it's just like, the next day came and like, shit, it was, we all was going back to Montana or going back to our hometowns. Wow. That's so, crazy. That's tough. I just feel like I, I didn't get the ending how I wanted to. So like, and I, I don't care who sees this, but like I don't feel like Eastern Washington was the team who won the conference that year, to be honest. Because right. we beat them guys twice, about thirty and twenty, but they the ones who won it. So, but they had the most wins. It's just like, damn, if we can get them, if we could have got them in championship, I feel like we would have beat them. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure you've gotten this a lot of times, man. But I just, I'm sorry for that situation, man. You know, COVID nineteen definitely like just ruined a, a whole lot of things for, for, for a lot of people, man. But, but we, it's good because, you know, we see you, we see you uh, persevere. We seen you push through, man. And that, and that wasn't, that wasn't the end, you know, that wasn't the end of your, of, of your hoop career, man. But, you know, before we, before we, we keep moving forward, I do want to ask though, you know, because uh, I, uh, you know, I asked you about your favorite place to play when you're in high school, man, but college, like how you guys said, that's a whole different game, man. You know, the six man be rowdy, the, the jizz be filled up. So, I, you know, when you were in college, what what was your favorite place to play? Where did you get up at? Was it at home or was it away? Because you got people chirping at you. Uh, I would say, uh, I would say either a Sac State uh, away at Sac State or at Weaver. So, like to give you a little background, I played for the Oakland Rebels. That's where Dane Lillard played. We had the same AAU coach and everything. And like when I was, I'm, I'm, I'm still good and close with him. So as a, as a freshman, um. I had like messaged them like yeah, we about to beat we about to beat them with them uh the purple and purple and white. 
tonight. And they ended up coming to our house and hitting a dagger game winner on us. And then he had like hit me back and was like, uh, it's hard to beat that purple and white, huh? Go, go Weaver. And I was like, yeah, all right. We got y'all. We got y'all on the next one. And then uh, we went to their house. That's my freshman year. And I had 20. And I was like, I was like, oh, it ain't that hard to beat the purple and white. And then just like, just give me a little motivation to beat them and uh, talk a little mess, a big bro and everything. And so then ever since then, though, I, I killed those guys, either whether it was at home or away. Like we talked earlier, like I had 29 and 16. I had 35 and 12, 22 and 7. Like just, that's just, I don't know, just about them. Something about them, I always just, like I had to kill them. <laughs> just giving it to him. I, I feel you though. And and then and then who who would you say out of your whole college career uh was your toughest matchup, man? It, and it, it could be, you know, maybe you're somebody's your freshman year or somebody your senior year, but if you had to combine all four years, man, who was the toughest matchup that you had to be on a game every night for? Uh well, just in just one game or like just, uh, yeah, just yeah, it could it could be in practice or it could be just one game or wh- whoever, you know, that you can come to mind. Uh I wouldn't really say nothing not too many opponents. I go with my teammate, Amar Rory. Like, I feel like what made our team so good was, like, me and him, like, we no matter what. We was roommates as well. So, like, we'd be in practice ready to fight, barking, yelling at each other, scratching, biting, whatever you want to call it. Like, all practice, like, just because we want the win. Our team was so competitive. And then, like, you'll be like, you you wouldn't even think that we lived together, like, how hard we was going against each other in practice, hard screens, hard fouls, everything. And then we'd get right home and be like, bro, what we eating tonight? Like, Everybody be like, bro, y'all are crazy. It's like, nah. Once we got, once we cut out that court, like that's over with. Like, but him, I feel, I feel like, I, and, I, and I feel like I chose him as a roommate because, like, I feel like nobody else would push me like he would. But my Rory would definitely like would be my toughest cover in college. Just my teammate, because I've seen him, I've seen him more often than anybody. We worked out together, we played ones together, got up shots together, everything. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So, so you talked, you know, we talked about your high school career, college career. So let's move it. Let's shift it forward, like to to your next step, which would be in Greek. Like, talk a little bit about that and what kind of that transition was, like your first de- year there and all that, man. Uh, Greece was it was a great experience. Uh, it was a little rocky, for one with COVID. You know, no fans. It's just like, damn, I had to play my first year of pro with no fans. Like that, it sucked. Like you know. So I would say that that made it a little tough, and like restaurants closing. Not being able to get the the food you want to get, and also as a rookie, I had three different head coaches. So like, play styles changed. What was expected from me changed. So it was kind of hard to adapt to one thing. But it was it was good though. Like with all that being said, my rookie year was definitely well. They treated me great there. I'm still close with the guys from the team and everything. Okay, for sure. And then and then you know, uh, some people you know some people that aren't aren't you know pro- professional hoopers they don't know uh, that they, they you know they kid around and say that other leagues aren't you know a- as tough but i mean professional league is a professional league no matter where you at man so you know my my number one question that you know when when we were able to land this interview with you and i was super excited to ask was you know when you got to greek what was your welcome to the pros moment like when did you realize like damn like these dudes not going to class the before and after like no these dudes doing this for a living like what was that moment that you realized that um the moment when I realized that it was two moments. Uh, we were playing against a team called Iraqis, and they have like a guy over there. He's like six nine, like two sixty, and he like screamed me. He screamed me hella hard, but like I'm not worried about that. Like obviously that comes with the game. But when I try to like get over the screen, or I think I try to go under because that's what we we're doing as a defensive cover. He like screamed and then he rolled me all the way to the rim with him. Like I couldn't even I couldn't even get around him. I'm like I'm like damn, and then um. 
we played against uh, Olympiacos, and uh, they were talking about like their best player and everything. And I'm kind of just looking at him like, bro, he looks hella old, and he is he is like a, he's a vet vet, like he he can retire right now and be have, and everybody will, like have a successful career. And I'm just like, bro, there's no way he's that good, like everybody's saying. And like then you get out there and it's like, oh shit, yeah. He's nice. He's nice. <laughs> okay. All right. For sure. And then, uh, and then just, just you know, one other question, you know, you mentioned a little bit how it, it was tough, you no, know, being out there, but what was, you know, what's something that somebody, like, I've never been to Greece, you know, I, I've never been over there. What's something that somebody that hasn't been over there wouldn't know, like everyday struggles that, that, that you face, like, was it the language barrier? Like, do they, do they speak English there? Or like, what, like, what are they, uh, you know? The language barrier is cool. It, like I said, it was, the struggle really wasn't like anything like that. It was just like, you know, like when you're having a bad game or you might be having a bad day, you can't just up and go out and probably just go to the mall or like go to the beach or like, you know, like just stuff like that. You just, when you want to get away or like say if you have a, a spot that you want to go sit down and eat it out there, you just can't do that. You got to go get it and come back to your room. And it's like, you're so, I mean, obviously we have our teammates, but like, we with those guys every day. Like we don't want to go home and just be in their face too. Like it just, it's just like that, that was the struggle being like, can, we couldn't, outside of our apartment in the gym we wasn't really doing anything because we couldn't as, as a team so it was just like damn like i'm tired of having any like you could kind of tell what your day is gonna you could tell what your tomorrow is going to be or you could tell what your next couple of weeks are going to be in that moment because like damn okay for this next three weeks i'm about to be doing the same exact fucking routine it's just like fuck but it was yeah. cool though like I said, just being there was great yeah no for sure and then what talk about a little bit more about the game so like who, what was your toughest matchup when you was out there in, in greece um i wouldn't say toughest matchup i would say uh just any of the older guys was really hard hard to hard to defend because they're vets first of all their game is respected like we the people the refs know what they're capable of everything so like you know in greece that league is very very physical but there's certain guys you just can't be physical with, like, you know, like, and and in Greece, like I said, with the, with the vets there, soon you try to be real aggressive, they use it against you, kind of like how everybody said the James Harden effect where they wrap, wrap your arms, it's like, like, damn, bro, like, you can, so it's just like, you can, sometimes, like I said, as a rookie, I had to get, I had to adjust and adapt to how they played, and certain players I could be aggressive with on defense, certain players I got to play softer and, and give them space and just use my lateral quickness, but. It was just it was difficult when you when you match up with a vet guy who who's been playing ten plus years because now he's gonna he's gonna use the refs not knowing your face against you because you're new to this so that he's gonna when when he can't get to his spots he's gonna sell the foul even though you didn't foul just stuff like that. Okay, okay, and then and then there in terms of like you talked about matchups and certain playing certain players. What was like the pregame preparation for like for your team? Like were you watching film? Uh, you have scouting reports on, on players. Uh, how did how did that work there? Uh, it really depended on how late the game was. Like if we had a later game, like seven nine. If we had a nine p.m. game or eight p.m. game. We'd come in and shoot around before and go over plays and go over scout. If we had a five o'clock game, then we'll just come in a couple hours earlier, two three hours earlier, and just get our workouts in on our own. And the scouting all the scouting reports into our phones, and then we'll work. We'll go over the scouts the, the, those previous days before. But once the game day hit, it was just. Make sure we got our our protein in, our eating in, and our workouts in before the game, and we just lace them up. Okay. You you did you have a translator out there, or did the coach speak English? Just our, just for... our coach speak English. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. You know he was saying yeah. loud and clear. <laughs> okay. Okay. For sure. For sure. Um, and then so let's talk about so you played there one year uh one year in Greece, and then let's talk about your next step. So you moved on to the to the G League. What what was that what was that experience like? Um. For the for the Birmingham squadron, talk about like that and and what was your 
welcome to G League moment, uh, if you want to call it that. Um, working with the working with the squad was a learning experience. It was a great opportunity. You know, the guys there treated me well. Unfortunately, I didn't finish there, but my 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 time there was I did I did what I was supposed to do. I did I pretty much did everything I could have done. But um, it was great, you know, just being around, being around that and other guys who who've been playing in the league or playing in the G League, just learning from them, and just you know, just bonding, you know, like I still I'm still in good friends with some of the guys there. No, 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 no love lost and no blood, no blood been taken from that. But it was just, it was good though. I learned a lot. It showed me much love, and I really didn't have a uh, welcome to the G League moment because we didn't play enough games. I didn't, I wasn't there for enough games. But I would just say my welcome to the G League moment was realizing like we played against uh, Moses Moses Brown. It's like damn, he's he's seven three all day. Like there's, there's no taking that from him. Like I came off the screen, he's still almost like blocked my pull up, and I'm like, he didn't even jump. Like damn, right? Yeah, that probably just for the time being, me being there, that was probably my welcome to the NBA. Just seeing how tall a guy like that is and how how long he is up uh, with his uh, standing reach. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, Moses Brown's a big dude. I've seen, only seen him on TV, but I know in person the cats look bigger. But yeah. uh, so in terms of just playing in, in Greece and then playing like like in the stint with G, in the G League, what, what is like the game difference in terms of like the style of play? I know you talked a little bit about playing in Greece and how that was like, uh, and but you had previous experience, you know, playing in the States in terms of D1 ball. But in terms of professionally, what's that like, the difference? Um. With the G League, like, especially, like, with uh, where I was at, with the squadron, like, coach wasn't really too big on, like, shooting mid-ranges. So, like, it was it was kind of like, sometimes, well, like, in practice, if we shot a mid-range, it kind of had zero points. So, like, you know, like, some guys, some guys, like, guard you and force you to, like, take a mid-range. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't. I got to either shoot a three or kick it or get a layup. It's just like, sometimes a mid-range is the best time to get. It's wide open, like, you know? Right. So, just having to adjust to that, and in, in Greece or obviously overseas, it's a lot tougher because there's no three seconds in the key. Yeah. So obviously, we had that in college and high school growing up. No three seconds in the key defensively, but these guys are a lot stronger, a lot bigger, and a lot more athletic. So now it's not as easy to get into that rim, or it's not easy to get into that, that layer that you want to get to. So that being said, as well in the pick and roll, they could be in the paint just waiting on that roll. So if you don't get that pass to that corner. Or to that roller fast enough, then the then the pick and roll is gonna be broken because it'll be too late and everything will be everything will be cut off or it'll probably be in passing lane. Yeah, okay. All right. So the so the, the just the playing styles is just just two com just two kind of complete two different things, man. But you know, you know, say you, you talked about, you know, you said you know, uh, unfortunately weren't able to, you know, keep keep going. But like you know, like how we said it in, in our in our you know our little DMs we were sharing onto bigger and better things, man. But you know, I would I want to ask, you know, what's what's next? You know, what can we expect from Saeed Pritchard? You know, like not not only more buckets, you know, we we've seen that, but what can we expect? You know, where do where where do you plan on going? And like and and what do you have uh up your sleeve oh uh, well, i'll tell you guys first because i haven't told anyone some of my people that's close to me uh i'll be leaving tomorrow to go to uh cyprus and go play again overseas so hey we'll congratulations man congrats man big time big see. time right back at it bro so we'll see how that goes i feel like i gotta have a good opportunity the coach coach really loves me we've been talking all week and I feel like i can, I can make, make some noise out there absolutely bro Con- congratulations bro and again like how we said that 
multiple times throughout this uh, throughout this podcast. You know, we said congratulations, you know, for going be able to play college basketball, be able to go overseas, make it to the G League. That's bro, that's more than one percent of you know everyone. Every 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 hooper as a kid wants to do that, man. You doing it, dog. So you well on your way, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. So yeah, we got some some quick hitter questions for you. So say so, like, what what's your pregame routine like? What what do you what do you do to get in the in the zone for a game? What does that look like? Uh, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty basic and chill. Just some music and a and a peanut butter jelly sounds like something I always tried to do like in college. Like like my coach even get mad because like after we worked out and everything, like we go have team lunch and I'm like I just wasn't going. I go home and make peanut butter jelly sounds and I go right to the gym and work out like. He be like, bro, you need to eat, and I just be like, I will after the game, or I always tell him like, I'm about, to, I'm about, to, they gonna, they gonna be my meal tonight. Like, who are we playing against? Like, that's my meal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I really told him, like, I'm gonna eat though. This is what we do. You feel me? Okay, yeah. all right for sure. And then, and then, Said, uh, another question we have here. You know, you, you've uh, just simply in in Greece. You, you know, you went, to, you went through three coaches. So I'm sure you had tons of coaches throughout your entire uh, hoop uh, journey, man. So who's been the best or most influential coach during you know your 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 hoop run? Uh, my really wasn't. I can't. I really can't say that at all because like my my three coaches. I have three coaches in mind, and they all they all instill something different in me. With that being said, like my AAU coach, my high school coach, and my college coach, like those guys are all crucial to my life. But I would say without my AAU coach, there wouldn't be no me. Like, you know, like before him, before Raymond Young, I was always thinking I was going to be like a big guy because I was always bigger than everyone growing up. But then like once I transitioned into the high school team with the Rebels, I started playing for Raymond Young and like he put me at point guard. And it was just like everyone, no one, no one seen me play point guard before. So kind of everyone kind of like thought it was like, like uh, what is he doing at the point? So it was just like he. He he instilled the dog into me and and the point guard and just him working on me, him believing in me, gave me the confidence to do what I'm doing today. Okay. But I can't give no credit from my other coaches, but without Raymond Young, no things wouldn't be things wouldn't be what they are today. All right, for sure. And then and then last question here, Saeed. Uh, you know, a lot of people like how we said a lot. Everyone that picks up the basketball at a young age wants to, you know, play some play college basketball at, at a top tier level, division one level, like how you did. They want to be able to get paid for doing what they love, you know, be able to go overseas, be able to hit the G League, man. So yeah. what's what's one What's one piece of advice, you know, or like, I guess a couple pieces of advice you would give to, you know, some kid out there listening right now, trying to be the next Saeed Preacher, trying to go uh, play some uh, at the G League, play at a, t- at a high level in Division One. What's, you know, what's one piece of advice that you would give? Um, you know, this is something that everybody's kind of been saying lately, but like, I truly believe that you got to bet on yourself. Like, and what I mean by that, like, you really got to got to believe, like, like there's many there's many people saying it like Fred Van Fleet like John Morant like KG he even said like he told his AG Cameron Cameron Garnett even told his his uh, team his high school coach like I'm trying to get to the league and they kind of like thought it was a joke but like real shit though like if you don't believe in you 100 percent like how can you expect the next man or the next person to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself whether whether that's basketball school whatever your whatever your focus is like if you don't believe in that shit then it's not gonna work. All right, for sure. For sure. All right, man. Well, but man, we just we just we just want to thank you, dog. You know, uh, again, this was an absolute this is an absolute great interview, bro. Like, you know, we appreciate you taking the time 
out of your, you know, your busy day. Like how you say, you know, you about to get on a flight tomorrow and get back to that, to that pro grind, man. And we, we appreciate you taking the time and, you know, for all the fans, you know, if, 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 if you guys want to want to follow Saeed and, you know, stay up to date on, on everything that, you know, he's got going on, I'm going to, I'm going to put his Instagram right there, right in his bubble, man. So make sure, you know, go show him some love, man, go support him and anywhere he goes through, you know, throughout his journey, man. But Jay Hill, you got any last words to, to say for Saeed here before we sign off? Oh, man, you said it best, Saeed. Best of luck on your, your next journey there with Cypress. Appreciate you coming on the show, man. It was fun. No problem, bro. Anytime y'all need me, I'm back. Yes, sir, right. man. So sure. for the fans, man, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and that's it, man. We out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace.